Hey guys, Paul Riddick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dad Show. Will the changes in technology coming to the game of baseball and the changes in efforts to speed up the game and make it more exciting, will those changes affect the way our sons play baseball down the road and will it force us to change the way we prepare and train our sons for the game so we're going to talk about that on today's show before we do that head on over to baseballdadshow.com we have a lot of cool stuff there um the newest is a, a our new course called the guardian it's the first course ever for baseball dads this is a six week deep dive into everything that we need to be prepared for and need to know in order to raise great men great husbands, great fathers, great leaders of tomorrow, all while nav navigating this new world of baseball. So um, you can link to that at baseballdadshow.com. Also, there's a scorecard there that will um, tell you if your son's ready to play at the next level. There's a word-for-word -word cut and paste email dialogue that you can use to ask your son's coach for more playing time without looking like one of those dads. And there's also a link to our Facebook, our Facebook group, our Baseball Dads Discussion Group, which is an incredible group. There's a couple of thousand dads in there talking about everything from baseball to being a baseball dad, being a baseball dad coach slash coach, and just being a dad in general. So there's a ton of great conversations that we would love for you to participate in. Head on over to baseballdadshow.com. You can link to everything there. So unless you've been on Mars the last 10 years, the world is changing. Technology is changing. Um, things are getting faster. And we're seeing that technology come into baseball. Um, and there are arguments on all sides about it, right? And this, we're, it's not really the discussion of this podcast to argue about technology, but really to talk about what is and what is coming. So there's a lot of experiments that are, that are going on at different levels of baseball um, that are going to show up in your son's game. Um, they just are. You know, if it's going to be two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, we don't know. But it's starting to happen and... It's going to go step by step and it will evolve. So here are some of the things that are coming down. Um, the first is a pitch clock. And we've seen this experimented with. It's been talked about a lot. Basically what this is, is they want to shorten the time a pitcher has between pitches. They don't want a pitcher like walking around for 30, 45 seconds. Um, I don't remember the exact times that are being proposed, but they want to make, I think it's 12 seconds was the time that a pitcher had. Um, and I'm not 100% clear because I know there were different versions of this, but that's not important for our discussion. What is, is that they want to shorten the time that a pitcher has to throw the ball between pitches. Um, this is going to have a catastrophic effect on pitcher's health. Um, and that technology will trickle down. We see it with instant replay. Um, instant replay started at the major league level. We see it now. I, I saw, I don't know if it was a Little League World Series game, but it was definitely one of those youth league world series tournaments thing on ESPN. And there was, there was instant replay. Um, so that is going to, that is, it is all going to trickle down into the game. The technology we're seeing and the moves that we're seeing to make the game more exciting will absolutely trickle down to lower levels. So it's kind of like as your son is moving up and this stuff is moving down, there's going to be this intersection. Now, the speed of that, I don't know. I saw recently a few weeks ago that Major League Baseball was going to wait until 2022, I think, for the pitch clock. And I don't know if that was to test it or whatever, but it is being tested at levels of minor league baseball. So whether it comes in three years or five years or two years or 10 years, it's coming. It's absolutely coming. Um, we're going to talk about 
that effect that it can have on, on, on pitchers. And I think it will be a catastrophic effect. And then what we can do about it. The second thing that's coming down is being experimented in minor league baseball um, is a robotic umpire calling balls and strikes. Um, so look, look, your reaction to that is probably the same as mine, right? Hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's like the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, I hate it. So for me, I'm a 45-year-old guy. I'd imagine if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're give or take 10 years older, 10 years younger, somewhere in there. We're in a generation where we probably think the game is just fine, right? And the game could stay unchanged for the rest of our lives, and we'd be just fine with it staying that way. We have no problem with it. We enjoy it, and we'll watch it. The problem is, is that that 14-year-old kids, 15-year-old kids, 10-year-old kids, 8-year-old kids, and, and the kid who's being born today somewhere... Um, is coming up in a generation that is used to fast, 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 um, exciting, exciting, exciting. Even so, remember when we used to talk about the sports center generation? This was maybe, I don't know, maybe I guess like 15, 20 years ago. And we used to talk about kids are just so programmed by sports center to look for the big play and look for the highlight and look for the flashy thing. Boy, we'd love to have the, the sports center generation back, wouldn't we? And what's funny is, I don't know if you followed, but SportsCenter is a show that was a staple that is in some trouble because it's too slow. SportsCenter is now too slow for most kids. They want to go right to their mobile device and watch everything quickly. They don't want to wait through a half-hour show for someone else to show them um, highlights. They want to go look at the highlights themselves. Um, the NFL game has become this massive experience. Um, NBA playoffs, exciting. Like it's exciting. It's, it's, there's all kinds of special effects, technology, all, all kinds of things that make everything very exciting. And in contrast, baseball looks very boring, especially the length of a game. So you have a two hour or so NBA game. That's super, super exciting. Or you have a three hour baseball game. That's super slow. Um, also on a side note, I don't know if you, if you noticed, but you know, Monday night football they start the countdown to Monday Night Football, I think, at like 6 o'clock, right? I, think, I believe the game starts at 9. Um, baseball, the World Series pregame was a half hour. The World Series pregame was a half hour. Monday Night Football could be two teams with 500 records, and they're starting the countdown at 6 p.m. Other sports, are they're just more engaging right now especially to a younger audience, not to me, probably not to you, but to younger audiences, they are just not engaged. So baseball has a problem. So they're trying to do some things to change it. I respect that. So here are two things that they're trying. Um, and so the so if you had asked me five years ago, well, I guess even if you asked me today, if 10 years from now, will there be a robotic ump and the home plate umpire will be out of the picture and maybe only come in for plays at the plate? And even that, do they even need that? Or is everything going to be out or safe as technology grows? I would have thought you're crazy, but here we are. The first step has been taken to robotic balls and strikes. The door has been cracked open. So, and, and we tend not to, technology tends not, tends not to go backwards, right? So 
it's moving forward. There's going to be some version of that going forward. And I hate it because, uh, I mean, I could, this could be an hour long podcast if I really got upset, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that is part of like the fabric of baseball. I think it's part of the, 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 the flow, the undercurrent of baseball is like the adversarial quote unquote adversarial relationship between the umpire and the manager and the manager, the umpire and the players, right? It's kind of like that tension that can, can be great in a baseball game. And who could forget, you know, uh, who could forget the, like Billy Martin, um, arguing the umpire or George Brett storming out of the dugout or, um, I gosh, I can't think of his name. Who's the manager of the Orioles used to turn his hat around and fight, uh, uh, argue with the umpire or Lasorti. I, it's like part of the character in this, the, are we going to lose that? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not, but let's not get off on a tangent. So let's talk about these two things, how they're going to affect our sons, um, moving up the game in baseball. So first one is the pitch clock. The pitch clock will have an absolute catastrophic effect on pitchers. Let me give you an example. Um, pitchers are already having trouble with their health. This generation of pitcher, let's just isolate the superstars. If we isolate the superstars of this generation and we compare them to the superstars of the last generation, it's not even close. Like it's really not even close. The pitchers of this generation, the superstars are more injured. They throw less. Their careers are shorter than pitchers of a generation ago. So my concern is we already have a pitcher's health problem. We already have one. Now we're going to ask them to work quicker. And they say, well, what's so bad about that? Well, here's, here's what's bad about that. Here, here's a great way to look at it and a great example. Let's say you, you run three miles per day and you run it in 30 minutes, which would be pretty good. Now I want to ask you to, I just want you to shave a minute and a half, 30 seconds off of each mile and see how you go. I kind of know how it would go because I'm kind of training for a race now I'm going to do. And I know what it is to move your time down. It, 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 it will be a catastrophic effect. As we ask these pitchers to speed up, we're going to shorten their recovery time between pitch. So it's like anything else. It, it, let's say we were just doing like, like uh, deadlifts, right? And we put the bar on the ground and we lift up and we put it down. There's a time there to reset and put it down and lift it up and put it down, right? What if we just put it down and we just go up and down really fast? Anytime we're shortening the recovery time, there's going to be effect on performance. So now we're going to ask a pitcher to pitch X number of pitches, X number of innings when he was maybe going to do it over whatever period of time. Now we're asking him to shorten that period of time. We're asking him to do the same amount of work at a faster rate. That is going to lead to a catastrophic effect on baseball injuries. And so here's the easy answer to that. Well, pitchers will have to train differently. They'll have to now adjust their training to accommodate the new speed um, that they'll have to pitch at. Easy answer. Pitchers already don't train the way they should. We already have a health problem with pitchers. I've been training pitchers for over 25 years. Pitchers don't do what they need to do for the job they have now. So my old boss, Yogi Berra, said, we're lost, but at least we're making good time. 
Now, there's a backstory to that quote, but that, that that's where we're headed. We already have a problem. So in a metaphorical sense, we're driving down the highway, the wheels are wobbling, the, the, the engine's making noise, the steering wheel's going, the whole car is shimmying, and baseball is saying, let's go faster. When that starts to implement, I think you're going to see, like I said, a catastrophic effect on uh, pitching injuries. I think they're going to skyrocket. They're already high. Um, I think you're also going to see... Um, I think you're going to see a ripple effect all the way down baseball because teams are already gun shy about long pitching contracts. You're already starting to see some top name pitchers in the last two years of free agency that four or five years ago would have been signed no time and given a boatload of money are now struggling to find jobs, let alone the contracts they think they want and deserve. So if, if, a pitcher's career is going to be shortened by this. If their health is going to be impacted by it, how many pitchers are they going to have to have on a baseball team, on a major league team to get through a season? Well, if you're going to have to have maybe 14 pitchers to get through a season, that's going to affect rosters. Are they going to expand the rosters to 30 people, 32 players? Who? And then what? what's going to happen to salaries, to payroll, right? You're not going to drop $35 million on a guy who's going to pitch four innings for you when you can drop, when you can maybe do these guys like we saw Tampa Bay experiment with an opener um, to pitch the first inning. Are there going to be more of those guys pitching one or two innings and you're going to need five pitchers per game, six pitchers per game, just to get through a game every single time out? You're not going to have that guy who's going to give you five or six solid innings because you're not going to be able to carry the albatross of his contract if his career is shortened because you're speeding up the time with which he's going to have to pitch and then you're accelerating his risk of injury. Clayton Kershaw is arguably the best pitcher of this generation. He is 32 years old now or 31 years old. He should be smack dab in the prime of his career. I was watching right at spring training where they're talking about have him having to rearrange the whole way he pitches because he doesn't have the stuff that he used to have. Now, Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez and Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin at 31 were humming along like real good prime of their careers and here we have the best pitcher of our generation is battling injuries and now we want to speed up the rate with Pete's going to pitch and the Dodgers are going to pay 30 million dollars a year for that now I believe the Dodgers are paying Clayton Kershaw for what he's already done for them that's another discussion but I think it's gonna be very hard when we see this implemented I think this will have a catastrophic effect and it's going to trickle down um, I don't want to go too far on that because that's one I could go on for a long time. The second thing is the robotic umpire. So we've seen it in tennis. I forget what they call it in tennis. I don't know if it's the eye in the sky or I forget what they call it in tennis. But hey, in tennis, it's kind of cool. I'm going to be honest with you. I watch a lot of tennis. My kids play tennis. Um, I love tennis. I have a lot of friends who play professional tennis. Um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool the way they do it, the ins and outs. Now, is it going to be something that you're going to have a limited number of challenges Right, they do it like they do with instant replay. Um, that's how it is in tennis. I don't know how many it is, but you get to only challenge a few. Is it going to be like that? Maybe that could be cool. Um, or is it going to be just straight balls and strikes? No matter where it starts, I think we have to accept that five, six, seven, ten years from now, there is going to be a computer calling balls and strikes. Now, 
what happens if your son is 10 years old now and when he gets to college in seven, eight years, there's going to be a computer calling balls and strikes because that's when they kind of, right, the technology is coming down, your son is moving up. It's not going to happen everywhere all at once. It's going to, there's going to be that intersection. So, um, so what, how does that play out for a pitcher? Well, there's a couple things. Um, I think it's going to diminish velocity. Now, I know there were people that will argue with this all day long, saying if you have to throw black and white balls and strikes, you're just going to have to throw it harder than they can swing. I think that, first of all, I think that thinking combined with the pitch clock will kill pitchers even faster because um, pitchers will optimize for velocity and not for pitching. And it's just, it's just a perfect storm, the com combination of those two things. I think it's going to have to be a few things. The first thing is pitchers are going to have to be better at locating two spots that hitters have a lower percentage of success at. If you look in Ted Williams' book on a low and outside pitch on Ted Williams, he was a 240 hitter. So if you could throw to, those, to that spot and you could hit that spot consistently, you can turn Ted Williams into effectively a 240 hitter. Every hitter has one of those zones or more of those zones where they drop off significantly from spots that will, that will hurt you. Um, so I think we're going to have to get very good at identifying those spots and pitching to those spots. I think we're going to have to get very good at drawing out swings, right? Because you might not get the calls that are a few inches off the plate that are hard to hit. I mean, look at, look, we're all old enough to remember Greg Maddox. Maddox was getting calls that were four or five inches off the plate because he was so good on all his other pitches. Now, Greg Maddox, fast forward, if he's pitching in this generation, doesn't get those calls if they're called by a computer. He's going to have to start in the zone and get out of the zone. He's going to have to draw out a lot more swings. So we're going to have to get better at throwing pitches that move cutters, sinkers, etc. Um, and that we have a lot more control over the movement. So there's a lot of pitchers that throw curveballs that draw out swings. And, um, and it's all fine and good. But we're going to have to get better at pitches that look like fastballs and moves cutters, sinkers. Um, the other thing I think that we'll have to get uh, good at is changing speeds in the zone effectively. Um, I think that's always a, a constant, a given. And then the last thing is how we're going to use all these things together. Pitchers are really going to have to be very strategic if they have to work inside um, a box that... It just, it just, like, it, it's weird to say, like, pitchers are going to have to work in the strike zone more. Well, didn't they always have to? Yeah, but there was that human element to the game, right? That, you know, and now it's, they know they're not going to work so well that the umpire will give them an inch or two on the side, right? Hitters will know too if it's being called by a machine. So all of that is going to dramatically change the way we prepare for pitching and how we pitch. Um, is this a concern for you this year, next year? Probably not. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, I would, I would start to prepare for these changes. Now I would start to change the way you physically prepare to pitch. And you'll probably have to work with an, with, an, with someone who's really an expert trainer that can help you, um, just condition yourself in a way that can help you pitch at a faster rate than you're normally used to. Um, and then also working on your pitching and, uh, all of this comes down to a foundation of functional strength and endurance, uh, proper mechanics um, to support that over a long, to support that the motion that you're pitching motion and the repetition of that pitching motion every fifth day, 120 times a game for six to nine months. So again, 
I don't like it. I don't like it no more than you do. Um, I think the game's just fine, but um, this is where we're headed. This is where we're going. And and look, it it it's. I never want anyone listening to this podcast to be late to the future. And I'll tell you that there's some people that, I, and I talk to a lot of coaches who will call and say, these kids today just don't get it. And the truth of the matter is, um, the kids are just who the kids are. They're, they're just doing the best they can. They were raised in their generation. Um, and I would suggest that, and I've suggested this to a lot of coaches, that coach, nope, it's you just don't get the kids. You want to stay the same, and we want the kids to change. But the game is changing, the kids are changing, and if we stay stuck in the way we want it to be, nostalgic for the way it was or how we would hope and pray it would be, we're going to get left behind. Simple as that. Because um, it's just changing. You, there, in no no aspect of life can we just stay uh, where we are doing what we're doing. Everything is moving too rapidly. Um, as you think you're protecting and staying stable and rooted into those things, um, the world is changing, and slow, and you're slowly, slowly losing. So um, that'll wrap it up. I think we're at the end here of what we need to talk about today. So head on over to baseballdadshow.com. Um, and also, too, if you have uh, questions, email those questions to 567pitcher at gmail.com. We love answering them in the mini podcast. So, again, 567pitcher at gmail.com. And those are the numbers, 5, 6, and 7. 567pitcher at gmail.com. And going over to baseballdadshow.com. Check out all the stuff we have over there for you. All right, guys, thank you so, mo- so, so, so much for, for listening. Uh, again, it means the world for me. And I will see you back here next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I want to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.